Hello and welcome back to HCS Weekly, your destination for all things HCS. I'm your host, Shy Wei, and today, guys, I am excited about today's episode. It's a pretty big topic. If you didn't check Twitter, you might already know what I'm talking about, but it's the matchmaking in Halo 5. And this is a very kind of confusing thing to talk about, very controversial. Some people understand it. Some people have no idea what's going on, myself included. So I figured, let's get the man behind the matchmaking, the man who knows it all on the show. I'd like to welcome Josh Mankey to the show. How's it going, man? Hey, how's it going? Good. Nice to finally, nice to finally have you. And I know, like, so your last name is pronounced Mankey. I had to ask you beforehand. It's not Mank, it's Mankey. But then, what did you say online? Like, there's uh, when you get you get taken out or something. What was that? Oh yeah, when you get a player, a bad player on your team, and that's why you lose. I pronounce that Manked rather than Mankey. Yeah, man Mankeyed. <laughs> I said like, it's getting Manked. Yeah. yeah, one of these times I'll have, I'll have to stream and let people have me join their party where they can get banked by Menke, but that'd be great. You're you're coming quite the becoming quite the Halo Five sensation though. I gotta say, like get manked is it's like becoming a meme too though. Tony, do you have that that meme image? Can you throw it up if you got it in the background somewhere? I know you you might have to like frantically try to find it, but there's this uh, this hilarious uh, meme online. That uh, that should, basically it's like I like I wish I was or I wanted Onyx and then it's like a, you bring up this this like uh, this chart and it just shows like bronze tier rank. Tony, where is it? I know I'm hitting you with this right off the bat, but uh, but I want to show the viewers. He's grabbing it. He's grabbing it. Give me one sec, guys. <laughs> this is all there's like all a just. Of them. There's a couple, right? Yeah, people are talking yeah, about. There's it. one like, where it's like. Yeah, there's the like Toy Story one where I'm like, golds, golds everywhere. And there's a few <laughs> other ones like that. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, and it's so like beautifully savage too. It's great. Like like people yeah, don't we have we have so so we have kind of so while we haven't probably changed matchmaking a ton since I've gotten back to three four three, we have changed I guess I would say tightened up some of the buttoned up some of the holes we found in the ranks, and that has resulted in because there were time periods where it was really easy to get into Onyx. And while some yeah. people like that, it made Onyx not matter as much. And so as uh -huh. we buttoned up some of the holes more and more, it became harder and harder to get kind of into Onyx. And that has in turn made Onyx more and more interesting to be a part of. The original right. like fantasy for Onyx was to be like, okay, when you break from Diamond to Onyx, now you're coming, you're going from like game fiction into esports fiction. Because it's more, uh -huh. or not fiction, but basically into esports. Because at that point, you're good enough to be considered like a more serious player. And if we, whether or not we got that cut just right or ever have, I don't know. But that was kind of the original intention. Was was Onyx was supposed to feel like it's just a select, much smaller group of players who are clearly much better than everyone and below them, and it kind of a separate group unto themselves. Yeah. So, so well, we're we're probably kind of pushed back more towards that than we were maybe two years ago, I guess. Yeah, which is interesting because, yeah, I'll say getting Onyx is a lot harder now than it used to be. And and maybe that's the reason why some people are getting a little upset because they used to have Onyx and now they rank up and they're like, yo, why am I not getting it back? So, Tony, I know you have the meme now. You can show it. Uh, show it to us on screen. There it is, right? It's like, I wanted Onyx, but you can get bronze. <laughs> just throwing it in his face. And the, and the face, too, like the way that you're just smiling, like it's, you know, a little F you. <laughs> it's awesome, man. 
Uh, I love it. And, you know, we're, we're going to figure it out, okay? Because I, I know a lot of people, there are people who are upset about this, the people who don't understand it, the people, you know, who want to know more about matchmaking. And I want to get into that. But but I'm happy to have you on the show. And I also wanted to, to just get you to tell me a bit about yourself because you didn't just start in 343. I think you have a background at Blizzard working on Call of Duty as well. So tell me a bit about yourself. Yeah, it's actually an interesting sort of path here. As I, I was in graduate school uh, working on something not really related. It was uh, neural network machine learning stuff. I don't know how much of you know about that. But, Nothing. <laughs> uh, well, so while I was doing that, so I lived in married housing. And so all my okay. neighbors, we all went to the same, we all went to the same church. So we go to church one day because it's, it's a church school. And I hear them mm -hmm. talking about trying to set up a game server for, it was at the time Wolfenstein enemy territory. And I'm like, I could probably help with that. So we started setting up game servers. And before you know it, we had like thousands of people playing on our server from all around the world. And so at that time I was like, hey, I kind of want to start ranking people and on these servers and figuring out how good people are because I'm pretty sure my friends are the best and I want to find the ranking system that best shows that my friends are better. So uh, that, that led to me writing like a research paper actually on ranking players. And then that paper got picked up by a few different game studios and then eventually ended up over at Blizzard. And then how, how Blizzard, so that was, oof. I mean, I first started at Blizzard back in like, two th yeah, so that was like 2004-ish, 2005-ish. Like I was Damn, working you've been, on you've my been own. working with Rank for a long time. This is not like, like this is, you know, you're, you're master at this now, basically. <laughs> well, at least I've been working on it for a long time, but yeah, 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 I've been I've been working on ranks like and Wolfenstein ET was arguably harder than what we're doing today because it was right. sixteen on sixteen often. It was objectives. It was team based. It was yeah, it was um, class based. So that was a, there's a, a bunch of different challenges there, but at the mm -hmm. same time we didn't actually match make. We just team balanced, which is because you, okay. you you match made yourself. You found a server and jumped into it, which we don't do today. Right, right, right. Okay. Yeah, so that, that kind of led me to Blizzard, where I was mostly kind of StarCraft II, uh, but helped in World of Warcraft up a little bit. Some of the stuff they would do in any of the titles they were on if they had questions about ranks and matchmaking and things like that. Right. And then that transitioned but, over to 343? Yeah, so it was like a few years into Blizzard, maybe about five years. Uh, it was it was sort of a, I guess you would call a competitive lull at Blizzard at the time where they weren't mm. quite rammed up enough on any of their um, Overwatch or Hearthstone to really need as much work for me. And at the time, I was also kind of over the summer playing through all the Halos with my brother. My brother, right. younger, my youngest brother actually been like a big Halo fan. And so we were just having fun. And so I kind of had this warm, fuzzy feeling around Halo. And then uh, Microsoft recruiting started hitting me up saying, hey, 343 you could use some designers right now. And just went into that and turned out to be a good, looked like a good situation for me. So I transitioned over to 343. And I was there for the most of, of designing the ranks and matchmaking for Halo 5, uh, the mm. pre-stuff, up to about the beta. And then around the beta time, Activision actually opened an office up here and tried to get me to come back because they wanted me to kind of do some more consulting on COD matchmaking and some more Blizzard stuff. So okay. I went back over for a couple of years just to kind of help out on the, a few titles there and yeah, I mean, while I was at Blizzard, actually, I had collaborated heavily with Treyarch uh, once and had a, actually had a friend move over from Blizzard to Treyarch. And, and so we kind of like got along and they wanted me to kind of come back and help talk to them some more. So so that was kind of fun. And then 343, yeah. while I was gone, kind of really built out the team I used to be on and had a lot of really cool stuff I could jump right into when I came back. So I got mm -hmm. excited to come back and do that again. 
And it's probably been one of my favorite places to be since then, just because of the kind of opportunities to do stuff that I get here. Like I have good opportunities all the places I've been, but just the kind of combination of of workflow here is really good. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like you're really running the show as far as the the matchmaking stuff goes, and I, I mean, some pretty diverse experience as well, which is great to hear. Um, so then, now you're the the engagement lead at three four three. So so what exactly does that role entail? So if you think of it, uh, think of the game like a, I guess a good way to think of it is like a theme park. A theme park okay. has lots of rides in it, but it also has everything else outside of the rides. So think of like the gameplay of the game when you're actually in a match is you're at, that's when you're on the ride. And then everything mm-hmm. else around it, the the lines, the everything you see, else you see, that's kind of what my team handles. Uh, and I'm a lead on that team. There's a there's a couple of us that handle different aspects of that mm-hmm. online experience. I, I'm kind of on the engagement side, which is kind of like the matchmaking, the ranking, a bit of the social stuff that happens. Those types of okay. features are generally where I, well, I'll get involved, but we're all kind of part of that team that is most interested in making sure players can get to the rides and are happy getting on and off the ride, stuff like that, I guess. Right. Yeah. Good analogy. Okay. So, so then let's, let's get into it a little bit, the nitty gritty. And I'm, I, I'd like to say that I'm going to pretend that I don't know anything, but I really don't know much about how matchmaking works in this. So it's convenient for me too. I really want to start from like the beginning of just like, so, so how does matchmaking work and what is CSR? What is MMR? How are they different from each other? Yeah, it's actually, it's actually good to kind of, so I gave a and talk yeah, at GDC a couple of years ago that it's, it's yeah. kind of good to split them up into, I like to split the topic up into three major parts with matchmaking okay. just being one of them. But uh, the first one I would start with would be skill. Cause that's okay. where, kind of where, where we start a lot of these conversations and skill is just some way you measure players you want to figure out mm-hmm. how good the players are uh, and how good they are what what is the thing you think of is skill so in in most of the competitive games i've worked on if a game's if it is fairly competitive players prefer skill to be ability to win a match and then okay. ability to win a match in combination with the people that you're playing with and so that's generally how we've kind of defined skill in halo 5. so when we mm-hmm. talk about skill is that's a number we put on you to help us kind of know in general how good you are at winning. And that's so the number we put on you for... Sorry to interrupt, no, that's sorry, the competitive ranking? Is that... No, so that's not ranking. So okay. there's there's skill, matchmaking, and ranking. Skill is where, okay. we, where we coin, is where we coined the phrase MMR, which okay. which stands for okay. matchmaking rate, rating, which in okay. theory is like, when we matchmake you, we want to use the purest like expression of how good you are that we can get. And that may not be a very interesting number compared to what we use for your rank. Uh-huh. But but yeah, so so we, we start with skill and skill doesn't even have to be used for matchmaking. Doesn't sometimes doesn't even relate it to matchmaking, depending on the game you're on, you're in. But for Halo mm-hmm. it definitely is part of the matchmaker. Now but the matchmaker itself, matchmaking itself is not just skill and in some playlists it's not skill at all. It's a completely different more of an engine classic engineering problem of we've got all, all the we've got millions of players who are wanting to play something right now how do we divide that all up parcel out the work so we can actually figure out who we can put together and then just all the mm-hmm. plumbing involved and moving all these players around a lot of that is just good engineers taking care of all those big numbers and doing the right things with the players and right. skill comes in can come into that but it doesn't have to 
So sometimes uh-huh. people when people will get confused between where's the problem at? Is it in the skill system or is it in the matchmaker or is it in the ranking system? So mm-hmm. the skill system is what we is today uh, what you would call like we're using what's called true skill two, which is very similar to true skill, but we've added a few bits to it. That gives us the number that defines you. The matchmaking system pulls that in as one of the numbers it uses, and we just tell it how, what to do with it. But it has a whole bunch of other components like what you actually want to play, uh, what your ping is to all the different data centers we have. That's not among the other part. Or yeah, that that goes into the matchmaker as well. So that's that's just ping. Okay, that's and then what, what exactly makes the skill apart from, so you get wins and your ability to win with other people, like depending on who's on your team, like does the number of kills and assists you have directly account so, to that yeah, skill so factor? The, right. So the skill system itself, uh, what we use is, so it's called True Skill 2. You can actually, if you go search for it online, just True Skill 2, you'll actually find okay. a research paper that defined, shows exactly what it is. But it's actually made up of a number of different pieces. It has, uh, so first there's a skill number for every, playlist and for every game mode in the playlist that you play there's a different value so you have a different skill that we track for team arena slayer than we do for team arena oddball and a different one Mm -hmm. for regular slayer a different one for your doubles slayer uh, skill and and every time you play a match we look at okay he's coming into this match is he in a party if he's in a party we kind of modify our belief about your skill a little bit has he played this before uh, as you've never played this before, then we look at, hey, well, let's kind of do this weighted average across all these other other uh, skills that we have for you from different playlists, because we keep track of what your skill in every playlist and game mode, so like kind of every game type. Mm-hmm. And we also keep track and learn how important each game, how each game type relates to all the other game types. So mm-hmm. this it's it's a fairly complex equation. So, but at the end of the day, yeah. I say I say, what do I already know about you, so I can expect what you'll do when you play this mode for the first time. Right. And after the match, we we look at okay, um, how many how many kills does he have? How long was the match? How many deaths did you have? Yeah, were you in a party? How many games have you played? Because we we actually have this uh, basically learning curve we've learned separately for every single game type that tells us, hey, in oddball people have this sort of learning curve. So after every game in oddball, we actually add a little bit to your skill because we're like he's probably learned a little bit more. That amount goes down over time, but initially it's it's bigger because we know kind of how fast people learn oddball versus how fast people learn SWAT. So there's different wow. different uh different ones there. Yeah, like the I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure the stronghold learning curve is you actually learn strongholds very quickly, but it takes a while to master it. Whereas SWAT mm-hmm. has a uh steeper learning curve but not as much time you don't need as much time to master it which kind of to me it's because well the 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 model's different the the health model so you're kind of adapting to that different way to play halo but after that it's really just fast times to kill and slayer and stuff but so that's what kind of goes in that's kind of goes into your skill now there's another piece right at mention which is how do we know how much to look at kills how do we know how much to look at whether or not you won the match and all of mm-hmm. that, and how much, where do these learning curves come from? And that comes from this, um, Microsoft Research has worked out this basically massive uh, graph that connects all of your matches together back to the beginning of time or however far back we want to go. And uh-huh. then it kind of finds which values best predict how much you will win. So at the end of the day, the, the main thing we're trying to predict is wins. That's like the gate on it. So right. if we see if we see issues in playlists where hey it looks like wins are falling behind where they should be in this playlist we can just rerun that that uh, 
method from from uh, Microsoft Research, and that will update those beliefs. So we did have an issue somewhat recently, and in, in I think mostly it was mostly manifesting in doubles, where you have okay. players with very high win percentages that aren't moving out of diamond. And so we, we did actually find that there was a bit of an imbalance in doubles, and in, we corrected the imbalance with some help from Microsoft Research. And now looking at the same, when I compare the accuracy of the system compared to it was before, where it was at before, it, it increased by somewhere around 10%. So mm-hmm. in other words, it was it's like going from like a 57 to like a 68 or something. So it's right. it's uh, much more accurate, and a lot of those players will find themselves being ranked up more appropriately. So that's kind of where skill comes from, though. It's it's this it's this crazy system. And now you might wonder, well, how do we know it's right or wrong? We basically measure the system. That again, the key thing we look at is is it how is the accuracy? How often is it predicting the winners correctly? If it's predict yeah. if it's not predicting the winners as often as it was before, then then we want to fix it and we want to change it. And the way that we know it's better than the old system is because it's way more accurate than the old system at predicting who's going to win matches, which teams will win. So when I tell you, uh, sorry, that you, in the old system, you're Onyx, in the new system, you're Diamond, I know that might not feel good, but the new system is better at predicting whether or not you're going to win a match. So yeah. that's kind of where that all, that all comes from. It does, uh, and, and again, it's something else maybe interesting to some people is it's not like this like weighted sum of events that tells us what your skill is. It's not like win percent times some value plus kill death times some value equals your skill. It's more, it's not anything like that. It's every single match we try to predict what's going to happen in the match. I predict the probability that you will win and I predict how many kills you will have exactly. And at the end of the match, if I was off in either of those, we'll move the numbers a little bit so that we would have been more correct had this happened again. So we just say, okay, we thought you would have 11 kills. You had 12. So we're gonna. We were a little bit wrong about your skill. We're gonna push it up a little bit. Or we thought you would lose that match, but you won, um, and we, so we may need to push that up a little bit. So yeah. it's it's based on what it predicts. It's not it's not a number that goes into a weight or anything like that. And uh, yeah, so that that's what's where skill comes in. That's your MMR. Now that right. that is pushed into the matchmaker to help us decide who you should play with and against. Uh, the matchmaker looks at that number, but it's not that number is not part of the matchmaker. I guess you would say. So okay. th- that's just to clear up what the difference in those systems are. Now CSR is now is like this whole idea of okay, we know how good our players are, but how do we tell that? What do we tell them? So in some games you don't tell them anything. Halo is a fairly competitive game, so we do try to be honest about player skill based. And right. since MMR is our currently best measure of that, we have a way to translate that into a CSR. And then we also somewhat control how much the CSR can move around compared to MMR. Because MMR... CSR we see or, or something? Like CSR is the... Is that like a number that we... Yeah, CSR is, is, is the bronze, silver, gold, onyx, and whatever okay. number you have in onyx that you see. Right. Yeah, right. and it's actually, it's actually behind the scenes a number that starts at zero and goes up forever. Although the right. highest values you see are probably in the, in the 2000s. Exactly, but at, at fifteen hundred, we just call you Onyx, and then let show you the number. Right. And and the the current, well, this might be jumping ahead to your later questions, but but that's, that's kind of how the system's set up. C- CSR right now, so the old CSR system and the old MMR system kind of went to went together a little bit better because they both moved around in a similar way. The new mm-hmm. MMR system, True Skill Two, it can move around less predictably, or it can take bigger jumps than the old one could. So you would see, you could see 
jumps of even a thousand CSR in MMR terms at the end of a match. And that would be kind of weird to tell you. So what, what, and in addition, MMR, which, because it's also based on like, say the kills you had in the match, it can actually go down when you win because they can say, yeah, you won that match, but you were definitely carried by the other players in your team. And you, and the number of kills you got was way less than we expected for your usual behavior. So we must be wrong about your skill because we're not predicting Mm -hmm. outcomes, right? And the only reason we do that is because we know if we predict that skill wrong, we will later also predict your win rate wrong. Otherwise, we wouldn't move it. If 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 that skill didn't really, if that kill difference didn't really affect our ability to predict how well you would win, then we wouldn't care. But since it does affect how well you win, if we notice you're not killing as well as we expect, we we've shown in the data that later on we will also see you not winning as much as we expect. So we will mm-hmm. adjust your skill that way, but that means that you can win a match and your CSR would go up and your MMR would go down. And the old system, the current system doesn't have a way to really communicate that very well. And the, your, your MMR combined... is going down because you're not hitting the, the kills. You're not getting the, the stats that it expected you to get. Was that from a Yeah. And it's, mm-hmm. yeah. So it'll, it has this range that it expects is a good way to explain it. It expects you to get somewhere but, between you know, eight to 14 kills. And if you're, well outside that range, if you only get like two kills or if you get like 30 kills, then it's like, we must be off in your estimate. And so it can move your MMR despite the outcome of the match, which also means that you could lose a match and have your MMR go up because it's like, yes, you didn't win the match, but you're a diamond player, but everything you did in that match looks like an Onyx player to the system. So and it if says, your MMR you, up, is your CSR going to go up as a result, even though you lost or that can't happen? No. So yeah, that right now we don't, we don't have enough uh, info in the UX to explain why that happened. So instead, yeah. what we do is we say the compromise is we you won't go you won't go up after the match, but your MMR will go up, and then the next match, if you win, you'll get some of that back. And like the way that works is right now actually it's very simple. It just says okay, you've got an MMR and a CSR, which is MMR is how good we think you are. CSR is what we're telling you right now. After yeah. a match, if you win a match and your CSR is currently below your MMR, we're saying, we say to ourselves, okay, you just won and we are underestimating you visually. So we should try to push you up faster than normal. So we would just give you a plus 15, no matter what happened in the match or anything like that, regardless that we don't even look at the match, actually, we just, that current match, we look at currently, what was your pre-match CSR? What was your pre-match MMR? And depending uh-huh. on whether one of those is in front of the other, we just give you plus one or plus 15 or minus one or minus 15. And it, so what it's doing is this very draconian, harsh push towards your MMR after every match. Yeah. And it really has nothing to do with the match other than the win-loss. So that's why you see these, like probably answering some of your later questions. You see the situations yeah, where I'm winning, I'm winning, I'm winning, I'm winning. And I, what's that? I'll, I'll like, I'll just, Say it, and then if if you answer it completely, I'll skip it, and otherwise, I'll we can touch on it again, regardless. Yeah, and feel, and feel free to interrupt me if you want me to clarify anything, because I'm I yeah. might be going fast. No worries. Yeah. So the uh, so what can happen is you get on a winning streak, and in that winning streak, the true skill tool is looking at the streak, saying, "Yeah, you're on a winning streak, but throughout the streak, you're performing as expected, and it's either luck or or." Uh, maybe a sad way to say it, but other, or your other teammates are the ones that are having the good games. And so yeah, what can happen is your MMR, yeah, your MMR is actually not moving throughout that winning streak. And so you're just kind of further inflating your CSR. And once the winning streak's over, it tries to get back to your MMR. 
Um, mm -hmm. That can happen. Other things that can happen is um, in that winning streak, you could actually have played bad and your MMR could have dropped down. It goes the other way, though, too. You could be on a losing streak and but only be getting minus one, minus one, minus one, and then you win and go plus 15 or something like that. And it, and it what, the confusion will happen is because players will think about what happened in that last match and they'll be like, hey, in that match, we I just won 4v2 and yet I won plus 15. Why is that? That sounds kind of weird. And it's just because mm -hmm. this just doesn't really care what happened in the match. It's just saying, no, I'll trust True Skill 2 to tell me how good you are and just move towards it. Now, that results in pretty accurate ranks, but it is I do understand that it's fairly, it can be pretty confusing. So right. we released a change last Wednesday that we had to roll back, but it's coming, should be coming back tomorrow, hopefully, uh, which is, it it does it kind of splits the difference. It says, okay, I do need to go towards your MMR because that probably is the most accurate measure of what happened. But I'll also mm. look at if you won or lost the match and, and like the difference between your CSR and your opponent's MMR. How good are you compared to your team skill, uh, right. to your opponent's skill? And so if you beat some hard opponents, it'll throw that in there. And sometimes it actually ends up being it ends up actually being just about as accurate because, and I think the reason yeah. is so far that if we give you a bump on the win, usually your MMR has gone up too, because MMR does go up when you win. And if your MMR is going up, then having your CSR kind of take a guess that it should go up kind of works anyways. But it still yeah. has stuff in it to pull you back towards your MMR. So if you get too far away from it, you will start getting, it'll it'll slowly kind of attenuate to where you're getting back to those plus twos, plus ones again. But it'll be it'll be smoother though. It'll, you'll see values from minus 30 to 30, and it'll just, the, the distance you are from where you should be able to decide how big those values can get. So, okay. yeah, so that, that should be, end up being a little more comfortable. I just, I don't know if I've explained a whole bunch of questions yet further well, ahead, yeah, but you can. Do it all again. And, uh, and one thing is, uh, I know the chat's already been doing this. Tony's been sending me all these messages. Everybody in the chat, you're welcome to ask Josh Makey these questions. As long as you're not offensive in any way, this has nothing to do with Halo Infinite. You can ask your CSR MMR questions, your matchmaking experiences, whatever you're having. I have a couple scenarios that I can bring up. Um, and then I can take a look at the questions as well. And we're just going to go over everything and make sure we just, you know, dot all the I's, cross all the T's. But uh, yeah, so the first one is something that you already kind of touched on. It's that I'm winning tons of games, but my rank isn't going up. And when I lose, I go way down. Why is this happening? So like yesterday, I was playing with Neptune. He's this pretty average player, you know, and I'm kidding. He's total god on the sticks. And this guy's like champ seven in, uh, in arena. And I was diamond five. And we were winning constantly and reversing champion level players, which are higher ranked than me. But my CS, or I guess my CSR isn't budging, right? So so what's happening there is that that I'm... So the game expects me to do, or explain it, sorry. <laughs> I'm really yeah, no, no, you're right. What, you, what you're saying there is about right. Like, like it's, it's the kills that you've been getting in those games, whether or not you're winning or losing yeah. is happening for you at least as expected. And so yeah, because exactly. it's happening already as expected for you, it says, okay, we know, we already know how good you are. And yes, we could give you some extra rank, but if we did, it would be kind of inflating Onyx a bit. It would be, it'd be giving you more rank uh -huh. than you actually have. Which you can yeah. get away with a little bit of that, but if you do it too much, we're back to like everybody gets into Onyx. So right. yeah, that's that's kind of what's happening there. So under the new system, you would actually get a little bit more points. It, what would kind of, in theory, what your what your experience would be is uh, look at the, the sort of like the midpoint between where you should be in your MMR, which is clearly going to be lower than Neptune, um, and who you're playing against. So it would take the middle of those, and you'd end up with your skill being somewhere around there. Assuming that you're uh -huh. kind of going 50-50 or so, or maybe even a little better against these champion level opponents, you it would yeah. end up letting you letting it would basically say, okay, 
He's he is playing with someone much better than him. But um, if he always does this, then in if he were actually it's sort of in a team, their their combined skill would kind of be this midpoint, not not keeping you down. So which does I guess which some may concern people, it does allow a little bit of a carry, but not a full carry. I guess it would say you can yeah you can get a bit higher than your actual skill, but in a more intuitive way. That's yeah. that's interesting. I mean, it sounds like a relatively smart system. One thing that did happen is that it kind of unlocked, and I did end up hitting Diamond 6, and I think one of the main contributors was that I was getting more kills in some of these games against these champion players. So I think that's directly part of it, right? So if you're getting more kills, more assists than you're expected to get, your MMR is going to go up, your CSR would go up as a result? Okay. Yeah, and it's and it's not just... Um, it's yeah. not just like get lots of farm kills because it takes into account how right. long the matches are and the game mode. So in, in capture the flag, for example, the range that it can expect on the kills is a much wider because kills because are while they are high. super important at CTF. It's not like, right. It's not like Slayer where kills is everything. Um, it's it, I mean, to an extent, right. There's a lot more right. going on. Right. Just kills is everything, even in Slayer, but sure. yeah, in CTF, there's, there's a lot of other things going on and the basic and the amount of time too. So it, it looks at kind of kills per minute, I guess would be the way to put it, not just raw kills, which also helps you yeah. like say if you get four people who are all playing Slayer together and are all about the same skill and they're all really high skilled, then there's going to, you individually are all going to have maybe less kills than you would if you were in a match where you had were better than everyone else. But uh, what will happen is you'll all have somewhat similar kill rates and the match will just be over sooner, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. So the match will go will go faster. But the amount of kills you're having per minute should be relatively the same, and right. and it's uh, and again it's not like a direct weight. It's not like x more kills equals x higher MMR. It's more just like what is sort of the probability that you would have had this many kills given your skill. And if it's that probability is really low, then we need to make a change. If it's like that's an unusual number of kills for him in that match, get looking at everything else that happened in the match, how good everybody was. That was an unusual yeah. amount of kills, and that's a that's an important point. It's not just number of kills per minute; it's kills per minute against whatever your kind of average opponent level was. So, if you're playing yeah. against Onyx, your kills per minute is definitely different than when you play against Diamond. And so, you can kind of we can actually ask Trusco if we want to, how good would you do against Onyx? How good would you do against Diamond? And we can compare that to what we actually see in your stats. And for the most part, that lines up pretty good for for our players. Like almost across the board, if I take a player whose CSR is consistently diamond and I look at, well, what were your stats? Like your win percent against diamond players versus Onyx. Well, you tend to not, you tend to be below 50-50 against Onyx, which is kind of why yeah. you're diamond. You also tend to have less kills per minute than an Onyx player would in similar situations. And we've actually looked at a lot of other values to see if they contribute well to again the our bottom line is, is whether or not you can win matches we look we've looked at assists we've looked at damage we've looked at accuracy we've looked at headshots power weapons other all kinds of medals um we did find actually flag pulls and oddball carry time have have a little bit of uh, there's a little bit of evidence that they could be interesting to test in the model it's that 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 players that pull the flag Within reason, if they pull too much, then it's just spamming and they're not winning. But within reason, players pulling the flag more in previous matches tend to win the next match more than we expected. But it's just a tiny uh -huh. bit. It's not like it would make you Onyx instead of Diamond, but it's enough to make it worth looking into. So it's something we might get around to looking more into. But it's not it's not a big enough discrepancy where we're like, wow, we're getting 10% more accuracy. We need to get on this. So yeah, yeah, it's not like we just 
we decided kills is all that's important and threw everything else out. We actually have, over time, investigated There's quite so a few there. battles. And, uh, yeah. yeah, and and you have to be a little careful, right? Because some variable, like even flagpoles have started kind of on that edge of like, oh, well, if I know flagpoles is going to raise my MMR, I'll just pull the flag a lot. It's, yeah. Yeah, and then it's a little harder to do that because you you do have to get to the flag still. But like you can right. imagine if like we, I don't know, one variable we could look at is how often do you, can, we look at certain zones on maps and find that, hey, if you can control this zone on Eden, then your team's more likely to win. But if players got wow. wind of that, then they just hang out in that zone, which yeah. uh, would would be too easy to do in theory, possibly. It, it could be an important zone that good players always know to control it. And so you can't control it unless you're good. But but yeah, there's yeah. a lot of stuff we can try. Huh. Okay. Yeah. And then, so the MMR is something that that is like accumulation of everything since the moment that you started playing Halo Five to now, right? Like so that's we that's something we about. that's something we can change. So when we originally rolled out True Skill Two, that's kind of how it was. Yeah. Uh, although there, to be honest, there was a an issue where we weren't connecting everybody initially. So you would, which is actually kind of interesting. So for most, when we went day one on true skill two we actually didn't had it set up that connection yet so we had none of your historical information it was like basically we reset all of halo and started matchmaking Ooh. on it which right if anyone remembers when halo 5 first shipped that was some pretty rough matchmaking for the first little while while it figured out how good people were but when, uh -huh. when true skill two shipped it was it was almost just a couple games and everybody was fine which it's a, on the one hand we were kind of irritated that we hadn't made that connection because it should have been even better but on the other we were surprised at how fast it picked it up anyways and then, so the players that did get their history built in did not end up with crazy different ratings than we thought they would anyways. It's, the system is pretty fast at figuring players out. The historical stuff is more helpful, not so much finding player skill, though it is interesting, as it is more for knowing the, all the different settings for each playlist so, and know for each game type. Again, knowing how important kills are in CTF and Oddball, knowing um, what kind of spread in player skill we should expect in SWAT because SWAT is maybe not as skillful or something. I'm not saying that to offend SWAT people. I'm just making an example. So <laughs> yeah. So so there's a bunch of there's a bunch of um that's kind of what's more important to take the historical data. So actually this last run that we did, we actually did our, our the the second time we've actually updated these settings was just last Friday. We did a run and we only actually only included the season before in the data. Partially because right. we have changed so many HCS settings in Team Arena that uh, it, the skills settings would be less confused, I thought. I figured, you know what, I've, I don't want, Team Arena has meant something different over the years. And so if we keep all of that data, there's some conflict, could be some conflicting info in it. So this, the latest run is basically how you, does keep, look at everything you did back to the beginning of the, uh, the July, August season. And uh, no, 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 it was farther back then, I'm sorry, it was, uh, went, it actually went from like October, like I think October 17th, October 15th, all the way back to the end of June. So it's about three, three and a half months worth of, of gameplay. Uh -huh. So that, yeah, I mean, we can fit over the lifetime, but it seems like generally three months is, is enough data. We kind of have, we kind of have no kind of how much data we need for each game type. And that gave us plenty of data. So we were okay going yeah. back that far. Just because, like, something that I noticed would happen was I would I'd start a new brand, like a brand new Smurf account, and I would hit Onyx on the Smurf way easier than on my main account. 
And would that be like something about my historical performance on my main account and the fact that if I start off my Smurf account and I just play better and the MMR starts from that that first match, like I'll rank in at the highest possible rank and then I just keep ranking up from there and I end up in Onyx? Like... That's, the kind of, that's the kind of thing that's a little tricky to say without looking at it exactly. Most of the time when I look at people that have like a Smurf and a main and I check the back end MMRs, they're the same. So yeah. almost all the time that there's been a couple of discrepancies where the 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 Smurf or whatever has only played ten games and just killed it in those ten games and they actually have a yeah. bit of a higher MMR and then I'll watch them over time afterwards and they'll, they'll kind of converge to the same. Um, mm. Yeah, and and it also kind of depends on which season you did what because there was a season where we did two hundred back recently and the season we did one hundred back recently. But for the most part, it shouldn't it shouldn't take too long for the MMR to figure out your skill. And the other yeah. other uh, option is well, so there's a couple other things here too, I guess. When we first rolled it out in HCS, HCS uh, was much harder to get into Onyx than Team Arena. So right. very few people actually got into Onyx when I ran the uh, uh, when it was running on the old HCS list. And then when we switched to Team Arena, nat there were naturally more people in it, and that's. The kind of reason why there is because when we go historically all the way back to the beginning of time, your rank is sort of like whether or not your Onyx is, are you the top 2% of people who have ever played Team Arena? Which is very different than are you in the top 2% of all people who have ever played the HCS playlist. So right. that that would also affect it. If you were HCS on your main, if you were a Diamond, but then you went and played on it, got you could get into Onyx in, the, in Team Arena because Onyx actually was a, a bit easier to get into in Team Arena. Right, right. Okay. Um, so yeah, I do have other scenarios here, but I know that there's a bunch of questions you guys have been asking. So let me just actually go through these. And if you guys don't touch on my scenarios, then I'll I'll just uh, say them afterwards. But I'm gonna I'm gonna prioritize the chat questions. All right. So first up, we got yeah. Kevin Cool here. Uh, Kevin Cool says, "Can I ask Lord Mankey to bless me with more CSR? <laughs> do you have the power, Mankey? If you wanted to, could you?" Um, I mean, it would be totally correct. Right? I could probably do it once before getting fired, but um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we do have, I think I do have a way to edit CSR, but it's, it, it, it's not, it's, it's set up as like a testing tool. So it's uh -huh. not the most reliable, best thing to use. I think the only time we've used it here since I've been here was to take a bunch of players who had been, um, what were they doing? I think they had been throwing their matches intentionally and then playing. There's some there's some bannable offense they had done. So we um, banned them and then we set their... Yeah, actually what they're doing is they're getting their friends to throw matches so they had under the old system. And then they were playing um, with... Uh, with them so they could get easier matches and boost. They're basically boosting. So we banned them and then getting their friends to throw the matches, you say? I think they would have their friends throw matches initially and then they would play together afterwards. I think it's a oh, not okay. somewhat not okay. completely unusual thing to do. So they would do yeah. that and then at the time we had now we have things in place that make that not as effective. But at the time it was somewhat effective and so they would um so we banned a bunch of them and then we reset their CSRs. And that's the only time we've ever used that. We set their CSRs to like zero. So they would uh, they would be matchmaking. We didn't change their MMR, so they would still matchmake when they played in like Diamond and 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 Onyx. But they would look like they were bronze players. Wow! Uh, yeah, wow. I think we did. Then we well we banned it for a couple. So I mean that's the only time I've used the set CSR. So 
So no, yeah. I mean, the short answer is no, I, I can't uh, give you free CSR. <laughs> but, but the uh, long otherwise, answer is enough money, he may be able to switch the numbers around. <laughs> so you can send it to the end of Josh Mankey. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, that does that is a fun story. When we were doing StarCraft II, uh, I was we were experimenting with ranking systems, and this is way back in like you know 2008, 2009, and so I ran it in Turtle StarCraft II ladder for everyone in, that was playing in the just company playtests, and because the game was running live internally for a while, and you could play anytime, and so I ran a ladder in there, and I had a page you can go to to see your ranks, and I just hard coded myself as the top rank, and so wow. it would, my my rank was S, the next one down was one. So that was that's <laughs> the closest I've done to that kind of thing. Damn. Okay. Well, continuing on with the chat questions, uh, we have Caffiol. Hopefully, I'm saying that right. Uh, ask Josh who his favorite Twitter complainer to roast is. <laughs> I don't know if you do. Right? I, don't, I don't actually like roasting people. Uh, if if you're chatting at me like in late afternoon to late at night, then I'm crankier naturally. <laughs> Just because yeah. I'm tired, but I don't actually like roasting people. I do like uh, telling. I do like sharing data, and sometimes that data does come off as a roast. I guess not, just not intentionally. But no, it's not. I don't really like roasting anyone. I, I like having good conversations with people that are being reasonable at the end of the day. But yeah. but you know, at the same time, we're all passionate gamers, so reasonable sometimes goes goes out the window after a certain match, at least yeah. for for a couple hours. <laughs> I mean, you got the numbers, man. You're sharing the cold, hard facts. If they don't like the truth, that's their problem, right? <laughs> I don't know. At least they don't like but, my uh, truth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so we got DJP, or uh, let's go with DJP, uh, asked to, asking if true skill is being used in other games or if it's a Halo exclusive thing. Is it being used in MCC so true, as well? True skill 2 is not in MCC right now. It's one of those things that... I mean, as those of you that follow MCC know, they've got a pretty long list of stuff that they're trying to get done. And yeah. I don't know where, if it's on that list or where it would be. I know it's one of those, like, this would be a cool thing to do. It is used in Gears of War, and it was actually okay. there first. They had it at ship. Right. And so every week I have a meeting with Gears of War folks and then the Microsoft research folks who who uh, designed True Skill 2. So yeah, if you want to see what it's like in a different game and see what's there, how they're they have a slightly different approach also to their ranks. You could check out, give me feedback, yeah. with, which how it feels between the two. But wait till after we get this update in. But yeah, yeah they, they they sure go ahead. I'm just saying, is the gears controversial as because uh, like Halo, everybody's talking about matchmaking and gears. Do you do you get the same kind of? I mean, I don't know if you're keeping touch with it as much or. Uh, yeah, I don't. I haven't kept as t in touch with them about it, uh, yeah. or at least I don't know their I don't know their player reactions as well for sure. Uh, I get some of the indirect things, which is more matchmaking related things. So, so like top top end players having a hard time getting into matches or or getting bad players on their teams, which which is another thing that's that's not necessarily related at all to the skill system. Doesn't matter what skill system you use, you can end up with that problem. Which is something I get sometimes. Players are like, you should use this skill system because I don't like having bad players on my team. Well, it's like the skill system has nothing to do with that because either skill system would show a bad player on your team. You get bad players on your team mostly because at the time you searched, that was the best we could find for some period of time, and that's yeah. actually a pretty difficult problem to balance across the world because you have you know, players that are playing outside the U.S. who Sometimes their main time to play is not our peak time. And if I set the settings to be really tight based on our peak times, then when they try to play, they can't find matches. 
but then if I loosen it up too much for them, then uh, players end up with like not good players on their in on their teams. So yeah. it's like a balance. I've been trying to actually, we've been trying to work on some ways to solve it. We have some really good solutions coming way down the road, and then I have some stop gaps that I've been playing with. Okay. All right. One quick second. Sorry, I'm just going to open a door for my dog is complaining right now. One sec. <clears throat> I got to take her out. I had to remove it. I'm sorry, guys. It was uh, last thing I need is like my dog to bark in the background and just throw everything off. Uh, but I will continue with the chat questions. Uh, so we got Tashi. Tashi's in the chat. What's up, Tashi? Uh, ask Josh if he can please open the shades when he's done with the HCS room. You got you okay. got the shades so <laughs> I, I'll open them up when I'm done. Unless I forget. Okay. Sounds good. All right. And and then post it on Twitter. Is the uh, I know you had the pre prescription shades at one point on Twitter too. Um, we have uh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dark Knight three fifty uh, asks: Is your rank reflected off of your KD or is it based on your play style? Uh, please and thank you, Lord Mankey. So I think we already kind of touched this. Uh, your KD does affect rank in some way, right? Like your MMR, your skill is. Uh, yeah, it's it's so it's not so much your KD or your K over D or your K. I guess it could be closely related to your K minus D, but it's not even that really. It's more just how many kills did you get in, in the match or how many kills per minute did you get and how many kills did we expect you to get against those types of players? Mm -hmm. And the same thing for deaths. So yeah, that, that's kind of how it is. It's not your actual current KD over all your matches is not looked at at all. It's just in right. that one match, how many kills did you get? And if it was more than expected, we move you up a little bit. And if right. it was less than expected, we might move you down a little bit. But often it's it's not like it has to be exactly on what we expect. Because it's not just a, you need to hit 18 kills. It's actually, we expect this fairly wide range depending on the playlist. And as long as you're within that range, you might not move at all. Yeah. Unless you like okay. also just defeated a really hard opponent, which could that could change things too. Right, which as it should. Um, so then, so it is more predominantly focused on kills then. And if you're dying a lot, does that affect? Like if you get more kills than expected, so you would go up, but then you also have more deaths than usual as well. Is that offsetting things in any way? So so in the first iteration, it did have a, it did take deaths into account, but the system had learned that deaths, so I mean, whether you like it or not, deaths were not at, while they did affect whether or not you won or lost, they weren't as big a deal as some as kills were. Which might sound okay. counterintuitive from the back and front, but um, and then the second iteration, like it shows that deaths have like very. In fact, we got much better accuracy by downweighting deaths. And by downweighting, mm -hmm. I'm being I'm speaking a little bit inaccurate because it's not a weight, but like telling the system basically what we're saying is the range you could have in deaths is huge, and if you're anywhere between like zero and a thousand deaths or something crazy like that in a match, then you're okay, and that actually results in overall a better ability to predict if whether or not you're going to win matches. So yeah, kind of like not really looking at deaths turned out to be So dial what you want, prioritize kills. I got it. All right. Sounds good. I'm going to throw myself at the enemy. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, it's it's one of those things that's that they're kind of interrelated because, I mean, not totally. I, I understand there's, there's situations where they're not. But a lot of it is if you're dying a lot, you're going to have less kills. And same thing with I, if you're yeah. getting a lot of assists, you're also getting usually getting more kills. So yeah. there's a lot of those are pretty closely related where, and again, I want to be careful that I'm not saying deaths is unimportant. 
It's that right. if we're already looking at whether or not you win, and if we're already looking at kills, then certain other variables become less important. If we didn't right, look at kills, sense. then it could be that shot, that headshots actually end up being really important. But if we're already looking at kills, a lot of things are already kind of bundled up into the fact that we look at kills and the, and yeah. the way we look at kills. And I want to make it clear that kills is not the number one important thing. The, the model explicitly says that at, at, the, te- at the team level, uh, the team that won has to have had a higher performance than the other team, regardless of all else. So at the end of the okay. day, the winning team has to have kind of done better than the losing team. Right. So w- yeah. winning is the, is the first variable. The second variable, then it, one of the second core variables is kills. But it's also looking at, hey, were you in a party? How many, again, how many games have you played? It also looks at how, how long it's been since you last played. It has this, like, you haven't played in a while, so I'm going to be less surprised if you do something unexpected. That kind of stuff. Right, right. Okay. But not to throw it, throw it all over the place, but if you, let's say you're playing, like, Capture the Flag game and you lose the game, but you, like, like horrendously outslayed the enemy team, you just didn't prioritize objective. But I guess because it's Capture the Flag, slays are less important in that scenario, or... Yeah, there's there only so much... Yeah. So much better, but you still lose, even though your team is just like destroying everything. Yeah, there's a few things that happen there. One is, yeah, I've seen in I've seen in flag that it's getting a ton of kills doesn't go as far as say it does in Slayer. But there's also something yeah. that's actually that I kind of have. This is more of a theory of mine, a little bit about just because because of how important I've seen kills be anyways in CTF. My my. my thought is that there's a big difference between how CTF is played in your average matchmaking match versus at a tournament. In your yeah. average matchmaking match, I think a lot of it really is just both teams outslaying each other and then one team just is randomly able to run the flag more. I mean, every now and then <laughs> you'll get a coordinated team yeah. that comes together and yeah. actually plays the right way, quote unquote. But the vast right. majority of our, of our data is not going to look like that. And so because of that, that's kind of how things are going to get weighted. Now, I did see, like I said, some evidence that we could probably get a little bit more accurate if we were to look more closely at something like flagpoles. But a lot of the what you would think of as important flag things happening did not add to add to uh, the model. So like mm. flag, flag, um, flag, uh, actually scoring, capturing the flag wasn't that wasn't helpful, which is probably because winning already captures most of that. Especially in, if these are only three point games. If they were higher than three right. point games, it would end up being more important. Um, okay. But there are a lot of medals associated with CTF that you think should be important, like uh, killing the flag carrier, maybe, that didn't really add anything above and beyond what we already had. So yeah. it's, it's a kind of an interesting thing, which makes me think, yeah, most of what we see, most of what you're experiencing when you're playing flag online is sort of a, uh, just a, a random, it's a good, not too scientific word for it, I don't know, just a, just a bunch of random killing going on, and the team that is randomly, <laughs> is not randomly better, but is a bit better at killing, will also kind of randomly be better at scoring those flags. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. And sorry, there was one thing you were saying earlier, and when I got distracted, uh, you are talking about uh, the fact that you can have matches where the ranks are all over the place. Like you can have one guy who's Onyx and one guy who's Gold or, or Diamond or whatever, and, and wondering why that happens. And you said, like, depending on when you're on, you know, there, there are certain times, like, these are the best players that we could pull for you, uh, depending on maybe the servers. Yeah. I think there, uh, there was one point where you actually showed a tweet that said uh, that if you wait too long, the longer that you wait, the parameters increase, and then they just start taking, they grab from, like, whoever they can grab. So if you reset the matchmaking after, like, a minute or something, 
then it then it tightens the parameters again, and you might get a better match. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's sort of like a workaround. Now you don't, I don't know if you need to do that today, but yeah, that is a workaround because yeah, the way the matchmaker has been generally working for most of the time of Halo Five has been okay. We're gonna it's gonna first try for a really tight match, and then every five seconds it expands by some amount that we set up to some maximum amount. And then once it hits, it'll hit some cap. It's like, we'll never go beyond that. Yeah. But it's with, which means that, right, if if you know how fast that expands, and I could tell a player, okay, if you don't want a platinum player on your team, don't search longer than a minute. But I'm telling you, yeah. if there's no platinum, if there's no diamonds around, then you just won't match at all. Um, yeah. And it's it's kind of it's kind of not a great way actually to do things, in my opinion. It's the way we we all of us do this. As far as I know, there might be other games that have changed it a bit, but for the most part, we all do this kind of expanding thing, which means that at peak times, you can usually get good matches, but you can randomly get a really bad one too, just because if you you just randomly miss the boat on a few matches and then suddenly it's expanded more than it really should for a peak time match and you end up with a platinum player on your team or something. In trough times, in trough times, it's also kind of weird because we're like, uh, we know it's trough and we know there's not going to be anyone here for about two or three or five minutes, but we're going to just make you wait anyways. So we've just kind of artificially make you wait for two and a half to three minutes while it expands um, because we don't actually know that we're a trough. The matchmaker doesn't know. Matchmaker uh -huh. figures out that you're a trough by the fact that nothing happens for five minutes. And then at the end really? of that time, it gives you just as bad a match as ever. It's not like it's, it's, like it's going to give you a better match at the end of that. So it would be better yeah. if it's like, you know what? There's nobody around, so I'm just going to throw a bunch of plats in your match, but you're going to play right away versus uh, we're going to make you wait five minutes and then throw a bunch of plats in your match. So that's kind of like uh, – that's yeah. something that I've been experimenting with internally a little bit of like in theory we should actually have different settings at peak and at trough. Peak settings should just go smart. for the – yeah, peak settings should be like, well, at peak let's do the best we can and not change it, not expand. There's no reason to expand because we know right. we have enough players. Just, just go for the, but we, the best we can. And then at trough, there's no reason to go for the, anything good. Just go for the fastest match we can make. I don't think there's anyone right. that does that yet. But it's it's something I've been kind of doing manually. Just during the day, I will, I will change the settings right for my computer so that they're tighter during peak. And then before I go to bed, I'll turn it off. So if you're playing about the time I go to bed, you'll go from, hey, these are some good matches to why is there a bunch of plats on my team? And which is simply yeah, because yeah. I don't want to stay up all night. <laughs> But that's uh, not well, something I mean, we've been doing very long. Yeah, but but even that you're trying to to find the best way to navigate a situation like this, because in the end of the day, like you said, you, you'll be waiting four or five minutes, and you're still going to get a bad match if there's nobody there to match against. So, I mean, at, at least bring these yeah. matches quicker, and and you know, it might not be the best ranks that we can gather, but at least you're getting fast matchmaking. Um, so that is yeah. a, a pretty good way to to at least kind of smooth things out a little bit during the low the low times, right? Um, yeah. So we have a uh, striker RC3. How often on average, uh, or how often does it take on average for CSR and MMR to match up? So if MMR is not moving, then each game will move you. So like just do some math homework here. Uh, each match is, so let's say that you are below your MMR. Every win's uh -huh. gonna get you 15. Every loss is gonna get you minus one. So over the course of two matches, you're going to move 14. So an average of seven per match. So when we start the season off, you're 100 below. So 100 divided by seven, which uh, I'm not going to do in my head. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll, that, will, that will get you about how many matches 
it would take. But again, uh-huh. it's about seven. It'll it's about seven. You're gonna move seven per game because if you're above your MMR, then you're gonna lose fifteen per match and gain one. Now this all goes out the window if we're able to get our um, our fix back on the game. so then it actually becomes really hard because it's a it's sort of a non-linear system that goes back to more like so what we had that, before so repeat that last sentence one more time the uh it was going to be hard to yeah learn. yeah so so if we're able to get those settings up that we wanted to that we want to this week the changes to uh, not the settings sorry but to the how we do ranks it's a, uh-huh. it's a bit less it's a bit less uh you can't put a hard and fast formula on it anymore because you're not getting 15 uh-huh. one guaranteed each match you're getting some value between minus 30 and plus 30 based on uh your the distance between your mmr and your csr and uh, the distance between your csr and your opponent's mmr so like Uh the closer you are to your to both of those the more it's going to be just plus or minus 15 but if Uh you're like way below your mmr the more you'll see more 30s and if you're above it you'll see closer to minus 30s things like that so it's like it's not going to be as predictable to say how long it takes to – at least like I can't trivially come up with a formula like I did with the plus minus 15. I'd actually I'd actually simulate that, which is something we, we do a lot as we put the actual formula in that we're going to use for ranks, grab some data from real players, and then run through and see what happens. Okay. Huh. All right, Kevin Cool, once again. Uh, Josh, do you think there will be a way to show MMR and CSR in-game? I feel the biggest confusion is that we can only judge by CSR. There is a disconnect, that, and that's what causes the confusion for players. That's actually a really good point. I mean, there's a lot of solutions we could look into that uh, most of which we can't. We're, it would be pretty difficult to get into five because five right. is, I guess, the UX, UI guys have all moved on. But yeah, there's definitely ways I think that we can we could come up with to make that more clear. I do I like how in a few games, um, I guess it was the, 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 a sort of raw way we did this back in World of Warcraft when we first started. It was just kind of when we first introduced having MMR. I kind of think it's when when the phrase was coined was on like 2009. Wrath of the Lich King had a made some major changes during one of their first or second arena seasons, and. Um, in order to make it a little clear, more clear what was going on, they would just put the not the individual player MMRs on the screen, but they would put the team MMR. So it made a little more sense the matchmaking that you got compared to your actual what they call player rating and team rating. And that's the kind right. of thing I, I like the idea of. There's some other games that are starting to do that now where it's but we don't need to show you every individual player's MMR, but I can just tell you your team MMR was like averaged onyx. 1522 and the opponent's average onyx 1582 or something like that and that make it a little uh-huh. clear why you're at least getting the matches you're getting if, if i was, yeah, to, look at my MMR, to, if I was to look at my mmr number would i understand what that number means though like is, is the mmr the, the same as like the csr like if i have 1500 mmr uh like they, are they the same you know what i mean like is this like a totally different I feel like I'm, being, uh, there, I'm confusing my- There is a way, no, no, you're, you're fine. No, there's a way to convert it. There's a way we've chosen to convert yeah. it, I guess, is, is the way to say it. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, and, and, we, and that conversion actually- matched up with CSR directly. Yeah, which is how we do the comparisons we do in the rank system. It, it has to be able to tell uh, what, which, which MMR the CSR should be tr- trying to trend towards. So yeah, okay. they do have okay. a- I mean, it's the actual raw MMR. No, it looks like a crazy number, um, and yeah, it actually is more. Right. It's not just a rating; it's a it's a number, and it also has a what's called a, a variance associated with it, or you could call it an, uh-huh. a, an uncertainty. 
So we kind of know what your skill is plus or minus some fudge factor. And so new players mm-hmm. have a broader range. I, I want to say new players, but players that we're seeing for the first time, we're less certain about their skills. So there's this number that governs that. And we don't, we don't actually use that in the rank system right now. We could, but it converges right. so fast that we don't have to anymore. I think I have in the past, and then, uh, but not lately. I, I know at uh, at Atlanta, I don't know if, I, if it's okay to say this, you were thinking of having some sort of like a booth for like MMR. Like if I want to know my MMR right now, is there a place <laughs> I can go to see that? Like, right. What were you, yeah. yeah, right now you have to like message me or something, but uh, yeah. tweet at me or come on the Halo Waypoint and message me in a forum. I, I can actually, uh, I, if you PM me on the Waypoint forums, I can't send you graphics back. I can only send graphics in the uh, in the forum posts, but not everyone wants everyone else to see their graphs. But yeah, at Atlanta, they're looking into getting me like a little booth somewhere near the admin <laughs> desk or something where I can they need sit down, do have a monitor and a big screen, a big, a big monitor to show everybody what uh, your MMR is when you come ask me. So I'm hoping, awesome. yeah, hopefully I'll be there. I'll definitely so, be yeah. at Atlanta, and we'll see if they if they're able to make a spot for me. I can have a, the doctor all, is in or something. Yeah, awesome that you're there. That's that's great that people can see you. Because man, I swear you got fans now. You're Lord Mankey. Like I'm just reading all these comments. Everybody's like Lord Mankey. Please uh, answer my my questions. Tell uh, me. Don't, don't call me Lord Mankey. Call me Doctor <laughs> Mankey, probably. Doctor Mankey. All right, you guys heard it. He's Doctor Mankey. Change it now, okay? Uh, or Doctor J. Doctor J. Fair enough. Um, and if you had a booth, I think that would be pretty, pretty cool and funny at the same time. Like you should wear the shades and, and you can just give people the hard facts, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so then we have uh, snipe underscore N21. My friends don't play Halo 5 very much. Every time I do play with them, they stop playing because they keep getting matched up with people at my skill and we get destroyed. How difficult is it to balance something like that? That's, that's actually very hard to do. Yeah, that's, a, that's just, that's a... A long-term problem with matchmaking that combine that has skill skill-based matchmaking, because yeah, yeah. we're I it's, so it's interesting. There's a bit of a history here. Uh, Halo 3 solution was to take the I guess what you'd say the max, which would be look at everyone in the match who wants to match, and then we'll just matchmake on whoever's the highest skill. That way, okay. um, yeah, that 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 was the solution back in three. In five, we've taken the average which would be a little bit easier than the max, but not necessarily still a great situation. Um, yeah. If, you, if you've got three bad friends and you're the good friend and you play together, then it'll be skewed more towards the bad friends, but they'll be better than your bad friends, which is, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a that's a pretty tricky thing to solve because if we let you just match at the skill of the bad players, then they get destroyed by your friend. Uh, yeah. By you, I mean. Uh, but if we yeah. let you match, match you at the skill of you. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, Solutions for that within skill-based matchmaking are tricky. That's that's but almost where you wish we had. That. What's that? Yeah, sorry. I, well, I was just gonna say, if you want to navigate that, like, would you avoid like if you're playing social playlist? Is that is that still a thing? The skill-based matchmaking does that affect your matching in social at all? Or yeah, it still does. Um, it we we draw we we allow the gap between the best and worst player in the match to grow faster in social uh so we give up faster but overall we so so there's there's another component here we haven't talked about which uh plays actually a pretty big role but is sometimes ignored because it often it's not done by the matchmaker it's done in the game itself which is a team balancer and that's been that's in like been in almost all fps games since they beginning of realizing we need a team balancer and a team yeah. balancer takes some number you give it and tries to make sure both teams have the same amount of that number 
So okay. in those cases, again, if, if you play with your good friends, the team bouncer is going to put people on the other team to, to balance out that, that, uh, that, um, amount. So even if your matchmaker does absolutely nothing with skill, the team balancer is going to do something once you actually get into the match. And yeah. there, there's a, the matchmaker does do sort of a, it doesn't, doesn't necessarily have to create the teams, but it does do a check. So even when we tr basically turn off skill in matchmaking, the team bouncer, there's a team bounce kind of module within the matchmaker that still does sort of a sanity check and says, if I throw all these eight players together into a match, will the team bouncer that exists inside the actual game server be able to find fair teams? And if not, uh -huh. then we won't create that match. So yeah, it's still, even in social, it becomes a difficult issue. This is one of those things where like, the best solutions to this are like remind me of when I used to play enemy territory back in the day when we just had our own server. It's almost like playing custom games and, mm. and except it's kind of broader than that. But, you know, there'd be 32 of us and be, I'd be a mix of friends and not friends and we would play across both teams. So like sometimes um, some of my friends would be on my team and some would be on the other team. And it would, it's, that's like, it doesn't completely solve the problem, but because there's still some people on the other team that could destroy me, but there were yeah. also people on the other team that I could beat. So, I mean, you do, I guess you do benefit from the, when skill gets turned down, the, the, the broader top to bottom means that your not as good friends might have some other also not as good players in the match that they can kill sometimes. But yeah. the overall being able to win the match is usually, um, it's pretty difficult to make possible for, to make, uh, to solve that problem, I guess, from a winning point of view. Yeah, no, it seems like an incredibly difficult issue. Uh, unless you could somehow, like, we had, like, the population where you could find, like, a carbon copy team. Like, if if it was the one player that was really high in MMR and the rest of them were lower, if you were able to somehow match yeah, it with yeah. one that's really high and the rest of them are also really low and just kind of try to copy it yeah. directly. We did, yeah. actually, we did actually have some rules that took a crack at that in Halo 5 where it would try uh -huh. to find... Uh, match on the min and the max as well, at least, which is not... So there's a few ways that there's some, like... You could do something like what you're saying where we're actually trying to look almost exactly at your team composition and find something close to it. That's possible. Yeah. But you could also do the uh, a sort of hack at that, which is just see if we can keep the range similar. So if I've got a really good player and a really bad player on a team, I find another team that's similar to that. And uh, we, we did that in five for a while, and... They took it out mostly just to speed up the search because that that's another way that that also slows down the, the the matchmaking. But yeah, that is a good that's a good point. That's a, that's a way to at least have similar uh, a similar experience between the two yeah. teams. Okay, it's still I mean you're still gonna yeah you're still gonna have the like good players beating the bad players, but yeah yeah, yeah this is good. It... Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I just, there's so much randomness in this in the end of the day anyway. Like, you know, even with MMR, you know, predicting how things are going to go, it's not always right either. Like sometimes players just perform better and, and you know, they're having a good day, whatever it is. So you can't, you can't make it perfect, but, you know, you could, I guess, do everything you can to make it as, as fair as possible. And it seems like you're trying to make strides to do that, or at least like with what we have left to the community, you guys are doing everything that you can to create the best, most balanced, most effective system. Um, and then hopefully that just, you know, with the higher population on future titles, that, that becomes less of an issue um, from the get-go, right? Yeah, I mean, the, generally we do deal with what 
we try to make the best with what the with what's available. It's I mean, Halo Five has actually had a pretty uh, compared to I guess a lot of titles I've worked with. It's it had a pretty stable pop over the time that we've had it. Um, mm-hmm. You get normal fluctuations like this time of year is crazy time because every week there's a new blockbuster coming out. Right, so yeah. you get like a bunch of players go play the newest game. They'll go play the uh, the newest game that just came out, and then some fraction of those then come right back. So for me, from yeah. a matchmaking tuning point of view, I'm like, okay, I better retune it because players are playing the new game this week. But then a whole bunch of them come back two days later, and I have to retune again because now Jeez. their matches are worse than they need to be. So this time of year yeah. is a little crazy. We always have these kind of weird experience during like school starting, a bunch of amazing games. Then we get into Christmas and things kind of stabilize again. But yeah, uh, but yeah I mean, the, 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 the overall pop has actually not been too bad to work with. Um, it, we do sometimes shard the community along different lines that can can hurt the, the matchmaking in different playlists. But we've been trying to kind of consolidate that while at the same time not making people feel like they can never play what they want to. So that's when yeah. we kind of have this rotating system now in social where we take the playlists that don't do that well and we leave them up all the time. But when they come back from being gone for a while, they actually do much better than when they were alone, uh, than when they were running all the time, if that makes sense. So we do things like that to kind of to kind of keep things going. And I mean, in general, I don't like the idea, just me personally, of having a ton of playlists. It's, it's sort of like a blizzard multiplayer value of like like you should have as few buckets as possible and if you want to have variety then figure something more like a rotation out rather than have everything up all the time and really shard the your your population base i mean it it depends depending on the the environment like if you have if you're making a game and you're the only person that makes a game anything like your game at all then you could probably have more variety just because everybody who likes your type of game is coming to only your game but if there's a, a ton of options out there for variety already, um, it's better. My, I like focusing on figuring out what you do best and focusing on that and uh, and really nailing that really well. And then everything else sort of ends up in this sort of rotational. Sure, we do yeah. like to run fun flavor things and, and fan favorites. Um, and it's really interesting, though, when we look at the data on what happens when we run a lot of these in that just to, to be honest, Halo 5 nowadays is largely, the last time I checked, about a quarter of everybody is playing a version of Super Fiesta. So my theory is all of our, all of who you would consider like the casual, social, and, and not, I don't want to say casuals and don't play a lot, because these people actually are very loyal yeah. and play a ton of Super Fiesta, but they're, yeah. they're the people that play, play more socially. And what, make that, what makes that interesting is that when, when we put up a rotational from a traditional social playlist that were like, I used to think this was a social fun list, wasn't sweaty, but now whenever I play it, it's pretty sweaty. Yeah. <clears throat> the problem is all these um, social type players are off playing Super Fiesta still. And the people uh-huh. who actually play socially are playing Super Fiesta. Whereas in past Halos, they would have been playing Social Slayer or Big Team Battle. They That yeah. kind of crowd has moved on so when we run a different mode the players who actually come out to play it are more like i'm an enthusiast of of shoddy snipers so we get all the shoddy sniper enthusiasts are playing and it doesn't feel quite as social as before because the social type people are off in the other list and yeah the shoddy sniper enthusiasts are playing shoddy snipers yeah so anyway there's this, there's a bit of that balance of like where where is everybody right now in your game and, and what is what's kind of the spirit of the game right now and and ironically a lot of it is kind of the fiesta crowd right now 
And so we get Come guest on, players and then we get enthusiasts. <laughs> and we still get a lot in Rank Slayer, but but yeah, like yeah. our our game is Fiesta folks, Rank Slayer folks, and then it kind of trickles out from there to the different parts of Halo Five. A lot of rank slayer too, interesting. But come on, Fiesta, really? No, I'm kidding. It's it's not that bad. Right? <laughs> but uh, it, it is. It's so difficult with Halo though, more than like any other game, because these playlists, like, there's so many playlists, but all of them seem so important. Like, you remove infection, and the entire community freaks out. Even if not many people are playing it, they just freak out because it, it needs to be there. You know what I mean? So there's just so yeah. many different playlists and game types that have, have become so grounded in, in what's expected of, of Halo that, that people just want to see them there. But then at the end of the day, it's splitting the community. It's making things more difficult from, from all areas of, you know, matchmaking and et cetera. And even having a triple team was, was there recently and I was enjoying playing some triple team. And then the next week it's gone. It's replaced with something else that I don't really play. And then I'm like, okay, well now I'm not going to, you know, warm up in social anymore. So yeah, it, it, it yeah, it makes things so difficult, and I, I'm not even 100% sure how you would, you know, navigate something like that. But, uh, you know, the fact that you are actively, like, working on it and trying to, to analyze and, and, and apply fixes and everything that you could do is, I, I think, it's great. Um, and hopefully we continue to see yeah, more Yeah, we, we hired a couple of sustained designers to help kind of do things like refreshes, to help rotate those lists in and out, and to do a bunch of good work on there. So So they've been really on top of that and on the ball with... Like this, this the, the Halo, the Halo, the Halloween, Halloween, Halloween infection playlist um, yeah. that they put together. They're looking, they're working on a doubles refresh. Some few things that doing like that that can help uh, H5 still feel fresh as we as we continue on, like after three years yeah. here. Yep. Okay. Just a couple more questions to look at. Uh, so Gibble seven seven seven. Is it possible to not lose CSR uh, or at least only one if a teammate quits the game? Uh, I have three, a lot of three V4s, and I'll lose 15 CSR. It just seems a little unfair because my normal KDA would def be different if it was a, if it was a four V4 instead of a three V4. And I actually agree with him in this too. Especially, is there a way for the system to know like you're solo queuing? So if this person leaves, like you shouldn't really get a penalty. I, I can understand that if you're teaming together and that people are leaving on your team and you're knowledgeable about that, then you know penalize everybody. But if it's a solo queue and some guy drops out, well, why should you get the same penalty? You know. Yeah, so the reason you get the same penalty today is it's it's the system doesn't even look at the match right now. It just says your pre-match CSR compared to your pre-match MMR at a certain value, so we'll just do the default update. The the update that goes out Wednesday does try to balance what you're talking about better. So it actually okay. looks in, instead of saying um, let's see if I get this right, it it basically downweights and upweights based on the team size ratios. So if you're in a three v four, the system is it going to be a lot kinder to you in its update? Um, we don't do the like, yeah, I, and I understand the whole like, if I'm not in a party, then clearly I'm not colluding with somebody. So there is something yeah. to say for, hey, don't, don't, don't do very little penalty there. We've kind of withheld on that still so far, um, maybe being a little bit conservative in the worry that with some social engineering and some communication, you could probably convince people to leave even if they're not in your party. And maybe probably not a big deal in the middle mid tier where you never see the same people over and over again. But at the top, you tend to see a lot of the same people. So it's pretty easy to say, hey, yeah, we know you're going to win. So I'll leave anyways. And we know that we're not going to lose. I'll leave. I'll take the hit this time. And then you guys don't have to take the hit. That's the kind of thing which I guess trying to avoid. And we might be being a bit conservative about that. But but see how it plays with an update tomorrow if we get that out. Because that definitely makes a in in makes a big difference whether you're three v four or or two v four or whatever. 
Yeah, that that's actually got me curious. So I, hopefully there's something like that changes there. Because I, I mean, I can't really see it happening much in a solo queue that somebody would leave and like take the hit. Like I, I in, in a team based scenario, yeah. I could see something though. But but if they can sure. somehow differentiate between the two, and uh, and that people don't get the same kind of penalty for a three v four scenario, then that would be good. Because that that definitely does you know make things difficult when you're playing like a long day of Halo, and and then the guy just drops out. And it's an unwinnable, especially in objective game types. It just feels completely unwinnable. Um, yeah. yeah 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 that uh, makes sense those those are all valid those are all valid points yeah there's definitely we there's definitely that some of that uh um we definitely have that i believe we have that information yeah the information about what party you're in and uh right. we could potentially check and see if it was someone whether or not it was someone in your party that dropped but yeah, yeah. yeah. that makes sense okay um, do you also control like things like bans and stuff as well? I know that if I like quit out of a social game, sometimes I'll get a ban after quitting out of a social game. But I, I felt like the whole objective behind social was that you could jump in and jump out at any time, and it doesn't it doesn't matter type thing. Yeah, that's an interesting one uh, that we've talked about a bit about here on which way to go with. That's one of those like um, it's one of those things I haven't pushed too much on because the people that care about it kind of like have their there's sort of reasons why we keep it the way it is. It's, it's, um, let's see, I think the, so the argument for like not leaving social once someone's already left is that, well, we'll, we'll backfill and fill that position and that leaving a social match still makes the match a lot worse. Uh, yeah. is the, the, the main thing is in general, if I leave a match, at least the way that most of the H5's modes, um, social or not leaving does tend to just make the match much worse and make it much harder for your team to win. Right. Um, but yeah, that, that's something that I'm personally not as strong about either way about, and that we have kind of gone back and forth a bit without making any. So when we end up going back and forth about something internally, we end up usually not making a change because there's not an, enough right. of a consensus to say like, oh yeah, we sh really should push for that. But that's something yeah. that, yeah, that, that I'm open definitely to, to, to discussion on. Because I do, yeah, yeah, I understand what you're saying, that social should feel more like a drop in, drop out. I think it just ends up that... Um, just matches most of our matches are so short that that it ends up having a pretty big impact i guess yeah i don't know maybe yeah. we don't maybe we don't ban in warzone for that i don't remember actually right now because warzone yeah. i do see quite a bit more dropping in and dropping out yeah i don't i can't speak for warzone as much but i i guess it's just because my approach to it is that if somebody drops out of a social game on my team i don't care like it doesn't matter to me at all you know what i mean because social is just like can i get these kills can i win in these scenarios and like i'm just focused on my individual improvement and warming up and if people yeah. quit, if I'm the one on the team, it's like fine. I'll take a one v four, or there. But like, I get more engagements, whatever. Like, you know. Yeah, no, that uh, makes people, sense. It makes sense that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if if someone leaves, you don't care because you can all just leave in theory if there weren't bans or penalties. Sure. And then yeah, and then it's just do the winners care, and maybe they don't care. They're fan they're happy just to get to their match faster. I that, feel like if the winners as... really care, why are they playing social? Come on, play some ranked. <laughs> Yeah. But uh, yeah. But uh, one more question here. We've got uh, SS Striker says uh, also for Josh. Why? Why is the or I guess what's the reasoning? This is confusing. Why is the reasoning before matching players before the system determines the game type slash match combo? The reasoning. Oh, so, okay. So he's asking why do we? Because it says since players game type are per game yeah. type, wouldn't it make sense to do it the other way around? That... It would. It's, it's just that then you are sharding your uh, matchmaking pool. 
So if you split everybody, if you choose, if I go to Q and then it decides, okay, you're going to play CTF, um, then it then we have to hope that there's another eight players about that time and about your skill that all want to play CTF. So it's just, we could do that. It would just make for uh, worse matches, I guess. And by worse, I don't mean I mean that the matches could could still be fair, but again, that's the skill gap within the match would have to be larger because there's less options to match on. Uh-huh. So, so we err on the side of, um, of just so for Team Arena, for example, we we'll just take the average of all of your MMRs, match make on that, and so yeah, that does mean I have some that I thought was a good player, but he's actually not good at CTF. He's really good at Slayer, and so it ends up not quite working in this match. That's sort of yeah. the compromise we end up making. Yeah, actually, just and, 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 sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> you can keep yeah, I mean, going. Yeah. Yeah, that that and that is just a tricky one to balance because just just because either way you kind of end up in a in a compromise, right? Uh, and right. Here, another option, another option we could do, which we don't do yet, is we could uh, match make you on the average, but team balance on the actual. That's another uh-huh. kind of compromise. Not perfect still, but it's a compromise where once we get to the team balancer, it could say, "Oh, okay, I this guy's actually not very good at flag, so I'm going to put him on the other team." But, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, so one other thing that I just thought of right now is how does the system decide what game type and what map you're going to play on? Because I find that I like some days I'll play like Refuge CTF like once every other game, you know, and I'm like, damn, I'm yeah, so tired yeah, yeah, of this. Yeah. 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 So what it does is every game type is an entry in a list. And so just think of this list of game types and and you set, we assign like an ID to every game type, for example, some number. So once we have the match, we look at all the players in the match and we say, give us all of the game type you played before this one. So everybody has a last played game type. And then, uh, we, so then we take our list and we remove all of the entries in that list that are in that already played game type. And then we pick randomly from the, from the remaining list. So we only look one game back though, currently. So I don't know that two games ago, you already just had that same game type. Uh, now okay. another... Another thing comes into play here, though, in the, is that when we want to weight game types right now, we don't actually have a way to just tell the matchmaker to weight them, to say, like, give this, like, double weight uh, Kali flag or, or truth flag because it's uh, more popular or or because flag only has, has less game types. And so we want flag to have, even though it's less game types, we want it to still happen just as often as Slayer, which has more game types, so we have to double weight them. We don't have a way of saying double weight this particular game type or this these game modes. So instead we just create it instead we just create an extra entry in the list for that game type. And uh-huh. that gets its own ID. So it's possible to get the same exact uh type twice in a row because it thought that they were different because the IDs were different. Because a different oh. entry in that table becomes a different ID. So if you list Kali flag twice in the list, as far as the matchmaker knows, those are two different game types. Huh. So it is Whereas ideally we just say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ideally we would be able to say, Kali flag is double is just double weighted, and then it would know not to have you play it twice in a row because it's it's uh, it would know it was the same game type. So those are right. those are kind of like backlog wish list features that we have, so that to eventually work into because uh, our our services team they can add things like that regardless of that go to whatever game so they can add it now we have it in h5 it's probably not prioritized among all the things that they need to do but, but yeah. yeah 
Okay. Well, as far as questions goes, I think we've covered like pretty much every scenario. I've got all the chat questions covered here. Uh, I feel pretty good about CSR and MMR at this point. Uh, do you play Halo much at all? What's your CSR? What's your rank? Uh, I'm pretty bad. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm a surprisingly <laughs> yeah. not competitive player for somebody who designs competitive systems. I get most yeah. of my competitive uh, through listening to people like you, through listening to people on Twitter, talking to designers here. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I'm kind of. Uh, so I, back when we had the HCS list, I was gold, and uh, it felt about right because it was funny because <laughs> I'd played the HCS list before that and I was terrible. Couldn't didn't feel like I could get any kills when True Skill Two went out. Uh, I actually could just kind of, it felt like we were all kind of bad. So I could kind of run around, get some kills and not feel like I would get, like I would usually feel like, which is I couldn't even compete, which is sort of, mm. sort of the benefit for the, those of us closer to the bottom or even kind of like lower platen down is that we, we can now at least get matches that we feel competitive in. Um, mm. Yeah. Yeah. I myself, I'm not a great uh, MP player. Yeah, but you are a great listener, though, and I see you putting in work on Twitter and, you know, trying to, to do everything you can to give us the best matchmaking system possible. So thank you so much for that, and and, and thank you for coming on and, and answering all these questions and giving us some clarity. I hope everybody who's watching in the chat feels like they have a little bit more clarity on how things work. Now I understand a little more, like, if my match, my rank isn't going up, then, you know, like, I, I get a sense of the fact that, you know, my, my, my CSR is not above my MMR at that point, um, and that I would have yeah, to just, also just yeah, have, have, fun and, and enjoy uh, have fun and enjoy it. Have fun too, yeah, yeah. yeah. Have, fun, have a good time. At the end of the day, the rank isn't what matters, guys. It's your self-improvement. I, I made a tweet already about this, but, uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, now I can get a better understanding of why it's not going up or what's happening, uh, and hopefully yeah. all of us know better matchmaking experience as a result. And I, yeah, and of course, we want to communicate that better in the future, for sure. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, thanks for having yeah. me. It's been great. Yeah, dude, thank you for coming on and, and being a part of this. And, and I'm happy to talk to you again in the future, hopefully, and, and continue to improve this and, and get a better Halo 5 and a better future for Halo Infinite and everything beyond that. Yeah, yeah, for See sure. Yeah, thanks. No problem. All right, guys. So I have, first of all, it was awesome to have Josh Makey on to talk about matchmaking. I'm very thankful to have that. You guys have been really supportive on Twitter with the likes and the comments and everything. So hopefully this was helpful. And what I'm hoping that we do is like splice the video in some way where we can grab specific questions and answers to questions and, and shorten it so that you guys get the details that you're looking for a little bit faster and you don't have to consult like, you know, reading on the internet and whatnot. Now, as far as the next planned interview, I know on Twitter, it says we have Snipe Down, which is amazing. And I'm so excited to talk to Snipe Down but unfortunately some stuff went down uh, some technical difficulties went down that were really really frustrating but we had the snipe down interview happen we were pre-recording it before the actual live show and that's because snipe down of course is in the 2k right now guys the hcs 2k is playing right now we were pre-recording the interview but unfortunately we were hitting some connection difficulties it was freezing it was lagging so we got through about half the interview but snipe down is an amazing guy and he is okay with running the rest of the interview what we're going to do is i'm going to look at what we've got so far and take the best parts and then we're going to continue the rest of that interview next tuesday and we're still going to have a full snipe down interview we're still going to upload a full snipe down interview it's going to be great we're just going to come back at it and make sure we get the best interview possible and snipe down has been so amazing by being you know just just helping us out and being flexible with all of this so sorry guys that we don't have the snipe down interview right now hopefully you enjoyed learning more about matchmaking and speaking with Josh Mankey. But we're going to have more huge interviews coming up, more big things coming up. Remember, guys, HCS Weekly, you can support it in so many different ways. Tony, I know that there's the uh, there's the graphic 
for for the, the clothes. There you go. For the merch, the HCS Weekly merch, you can go ahead and get some of that as well. Remember, guys, if you grab this awesome HCS Weekly merch, not only do you support UGC, but you support myself, Shyway as well. And uh, we can rep it at, uh, at Atlanta, which... I don't want to make a big announcement about it, but I might I might be in Atlanta, guys. I'm doing everything I can to, to get myself there. I can't miss this last Halo 5 event. Of course, it's going to be awesome. So thank you, everybody, who joined us on the show today of HCS Weekly. We'll be back next week. It's going to be bigger, better. we got big things to talk about. So join us again next week. Have a good night.